I'm Stephanie, and I'm your host for Seize the Good, the positive podcast with passionate people. Tune in for interviews with movers and shakers, believers and doers, and general world changers. This week, we're chatting with Ashley Post, communications manager at Charity Navigator. Charity Navigator is a nonprofit that helps to keep other nonprofits accountable, similar to what the Better Business Bureau does. In Charity Navigator's 16 years, they've rated 9,134 charities and have had 11 million annual visitors. Ashley tells us a little bit about how charities are rated, what she does, and why it's so important. Can you start by telling us exactly what you do for Charity Navigator and how you got started, how long you've been working there, a little bit about your job? Sure. Um, So I'm the communications manager at Charity Navigator. Um, I've been here for just over four years. I started as the administrative assistant. Um, I had done a bunch of different nonprofit internships, mostly in like development work um, and a year of service with AmeriCorps after college. Um, and then I moved home and kind of just like was figuring out what I wanted to do. And then I realized like, I really wanted to be back in nonprofits. And so I saw this job with charity navigator. Um, they had an opening for an administrative assistant. I didn't know much about them, but what they did seemed, uh, really cool. So I applied, um, took that position from there, moved into their development team and then kind of made another transition again toward communications. So I've seen charity navigator from lots of different angles. Um, but mostly, in how we work with donors and talk to donors and um, communicate our services to them, which uh, is something I feel really passionately about because I think we are here to do great work and to help, like I said, donors um, feel better about, you know, the good that they're doing. And so um, that's what I love about my job (laughs) is getting to work with them and communicate what we do to them. So so is that the main part of your job, telling donors um, about what you do, or do you work with nonprofits and charities too? Um, so I largely it's working with donors. Um, a lot of what I do is create content for our blog um, and then share that on our social media accounts. Um, so we have a Facebook and a Twitter, and we're starting to grow our Instagram account. Um, but use that space to... Um, answer questions that we hear from donors a lot. Like, you know, why should I like, you know, what's the best way to support my local food bank or what are the things I could be, you know, donating to an animal shelter? How do I deduct things like on my taxes and kind of answer those like, um, type of questions that would be here. And then, um, sharing that to like our audience on Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram, um, and hopefully get in front of a few new eyeballs to, Uh, get people familiar with who we are and get more people, you know, starting with our tools and understanding like why it's important to dig into this information before they give. Yeah, I love it. Can you kind of on that route, can you talk a little bit about why the work that you do is important and why, why Charity Navigator was started and and why, what the goal is and why it's important? Yeah. Um, So we are actually just about to celebrate our 17th birthday next Monday. Congratulations. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Uh, um, So we've been around for 17 years. We were started um, originally by uh, one man who had a company that he took public um, and kind of assumed that the company would be worth X amount of dollars. And it was like overnight, it was worth double what he anticipated. And so he had like kind of this windfall um, that he wanted to do something with. Uh, 
and he made some like charitable gifts and um later on things started to come out about some of those organizations he supported and he realized like this really stinks like there's no kind of service to help me understand like what is a reputable charity like I've been supporting these ones that you know say they're helping this cause that I'm passionate about but I have no way to really vet that that's what they're doing and that that's where their money's actually going um, and kind of envision something like a, a, a BBB or a consumer reports for people to understand, like when I make a donation, um, you know, this is, I can kind of assume this is how it will be used. And, and based on some standard factors, like this charity is working kind of like, you know, uh, according to best practices and like at the same level with other charities in, in their space. And so um, he had that vision for us, which came out of a very like real, um, experience for him. And it was something that wasn't uncommon at the time. There were like lots of news reports of charity scandals at the same time. Um, and that's how Charity Navigator started. Uh, originally he totally funded all of our operations, but eventually we moved, uh, on to get our own 501c3 status. So like all of the charities we evaluate, we're also a nonprofit. We also solicit, um, you know, the donors who use our site and, I don't know if that answers the question. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, it was but, a great answer um, and a great explanation. Yeah. <laughs> so can we talk a little bit about the how? Um, how Charity Navigator keeps people accountable? Like the numbers, what do you measure? How do you measure? Can you take me through that process? Yeah. So we, right now, we evaluate charities um, on two dimensions. So the first is their financial health. Um, and originally, that's all we looked at. Um, that's information that we take from the charity's Form 990, which is how they file um, with the IRS that they are a charity, that they still exist. Um, and occasionally charities will sell things like a, a product or a service and they'll have to pay taxes on something like that. And so that's like also where they would report any taxable income to a nonprofit or to the IRS. Um, so we look at that for their financial health. Um, but later on, we added a second dimension, which is accountability and transparency or governance practices. Um, and basically that takes into account like how accountable a charity is with its constituents or its beneficiary beneficiaries, um, the donors who support their work and any other stakeholders. And so that's like, what kind of information are they providing on their website? Um, what kind of, uh, internal policies do they have to protect? Like, their beneficiaries, their employees, and their donors. Um, and that's like we bring those two factors together. Um, we evaluate them individually, and then we bring them together to create an overall score uh, at, out of like zero to four stars, four being the highest. That hopefully helps the donor understand like, okay, so this charity, like, you know, they get a three out of four stars for financial health. Like, they're doing pretty well. Um, they get a four out of four stars for accountability. So like they have all of these like different policies in place to like protect me and protect the people they're serving um, and just kind of get an understanding of like, you know, here's some baseline metrics. Um, you know, some of the things we look at are, you know, are they fundraising efficiently? So are they spending like, you know, like around a dime to raise a dollar? That's really efficient. Um you know, it stinks when a charity's spending like 30 cents to raise a dollar, they could be doing something a little bit more efficiently. And maybe that's not the best use of funds or how much is going to their program. So they're raising all of this money, but how much are they actually investing into the work that they say that they're doing? Um, things like that. Uh, and then we look to see that they have a whistleblower policy or a donor privacy policy, um, just things that we believe are pretty key to operating well and protecting the people that they work with. 
So do you guys do all of your own independent research or do you do, like, do you talk with them? Like, give them a call and ask them questions. Um, so we receive their Form 990 from the IRS. It's like a publicly filed document. So uh, any donor is able to look it up through the IRS website. Um, but we have a partnership with the IRS. So we get um, new 990s each month and we like reevaluate charities every year based on their newest form available. Um, and then we go through for a lot of the accountability and transparency metrics. We go through their website. Um, we have a whole team of analysts here whose job it is to do that, to do that research and go through their websites. Um, if they see something that seems a little odd or maybe last year they had this policy and now they don't, um, sometimes they'll reach out proactively and be like, hey, we're about to reevaluate you. Do you have this information? Or we had a question about this thing that we saw. We just don't know what it means. Um, otherwise, it's a lot of... Uh, you know, the charities will reach out to us and be like, you know, we know where our ratings coming up. Like we have all this stuff um, that we want to be included. So it's a little bit of back and forth. Um, most of it we handle and take place. We want to remain kind of um, unbiased and removed, but we do want to help charities understand like, you know, we work with a lot of organizations. We see a lot of what the best practices are and we want to see charities be better. So if they have questions, we're happy to answer them. Do you take into account any kind of like national economic status or anything like that? Um, are there any trends in the analysis that you do or, or does it not matter what's going on in the rest of the country? It's how that charity is operating no matter what. So we try to look at charities by cause area. So we want to like consider all food banks like we will compare them back to other food banks. It would be unfair to compare a food bank to like a museum foundation, um, you know, or an environmental advocacy group because the way they're operating while it's similar, they're raising their funds. Um, you know, it's very different. Like they have a very clear mission and they're delivering in a very different way than like an environmental advocacy group would be, or a museum foundation is raising money like for a capital campaign. And so maybe their finances look one way. Um, so we want to make sure we're comparing apples to apples. And that being said, like we do take into account like when we see a trend within a cause area. Um, so maybe it's like, you know, this year, every food bank that we're coming across, like has, you know, like they're reporting less revenue for some reason, like we'll take that into account and maybe tweak like our scoring system for that cause area a little bit. Um, just to say like, this is a trend we're noticing across everyone. We want to be fair in evaluating, um, and so like for this, you know, fiscal year, we're going to give them this little, um, like this little adjustment. Um, but that's something we, uh, we're constantly looking at because we don't want, um, we want to make sure what we're seeing is just, uh, you know, maybe like a, a trend or, um, and not like, we don't want to be correcting for like mismanagement or bad behavior. Um, so we're always kind of adjusting and looking at new things as we see things happen. Speaking of mismanagement and bad behavior, does anyone tell on charities to you guys? You guys kind of like the charity police. Does anyone tell you guys that kind of thing? Yes. So um, we we hear quite often about people who have had a bad experience with charity, or they think that they've like kind of uncovered some type of scandalous behavior, and. We, again, like, we want to remain unbiased. We also are not in the business of, like, investigating. Like, we're evaluating charities based on information that exists um, and, like, a very specific set of information. 
um, we don't have the resources to be like, well, like this donor said that like, you know, like they used to work for you and you did this thing with your money and now we're going to go like, we don't have the resources to do that. And it's kind of against our mission. So we always try to direct um, donors who are concerned about the charity's behavior um, back to their state attorney general's office, because um, those are the bodies that are responsible for investigating um, any type of mismanagement or misappropriation of funds. Um, and that office is much better suited to handle those types of things. Like if it goes there and it gets elevated and it becomes a news story, then we have a team that works internally to report that out and make sure donors have that information. But, um, we don't want to, we're not the investigating body. So, um, we want to hear those concerns, but we also want to like connect donors with the best resources to handle them. Gotcha. So how long does it take to evaluate one charity? So you have to redo it every year. Is there like, oh, it takes a week for one person or it takes two people, three days. How long does it take? What does the timeline look like? So uh, each analyst that works here has their own set of cause areas and they're responsible for um, entering like any data from the the new Form 990 um, and then kind of doing the, and going through their website and finding any of the accountability and transparency metrics that we look at there. Um, and then doing the first round of evaluation. Um, and then I think about a week later, another analyst takes a look at what they've done to just con- confirm like, okay, yeah, those numbers are right. Because, um, a lot of this is still done manually and, you know, there's always like room for human error. And so like, we found like an extra zero where there shouldn't be one. And so to catch that, like we have that kind of checks and balances, but usually it's the start of each month, we'll get like a new data set from the IRS. Um, and over the course of that month, the team evaluates those charities. And then at the end of the month, we get ready to publish them, um, for the start of the following month. So it takes about a month for the team to kind of get through our data set. I'm not sure like time-wise, like exactly how long one rating takes, but um, yeah, it's about a month. Uh, And then on the first of each month, we publish a new set of ratings or updated ratings for charities. Cool. So there are so many 501c3s in the U.S., and you guys can't do all of them, every little teeny tiny charity. How do you decide which ones you... Uh, producer rating for and which ones are just too small or yeah, is it even that's size? That's a great question. Um, I think the statistic is about there's roughly 1.5 million charities registered in the United States which is insane um, but if you think about it that's you know every major charity that you've heard of like on TV or has sent you any kind of letter but then it's also like you know probably the booster club at your, you know, high school, like has 501c3 status. And, and so it does become difficult. We want to make sure that we're using our resources to evaluate the charities that are going to benefit the most people. So we have a set of criteria we use to um, determine a charity's eligibility, which is that a charity has to have existed and filed at least seven years of the full IRS Form 990 like any company starting up a charity has like a few first like kind of years where you're kind of getting your feet on the ground and you're figuring things out. Um, and we want to give them time to do that. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we weren't always in 501c3. We were a private foundation at first. Um, and we're going to get ready to publish our first rating this year. 
for ourselves, which is exciting. Um, but a lot of that was like, we had to create structures for fundraising. Like we had to create structures for staffing up and like getting enough people on board to support our operations and all of that, like takes time and you make a lot of like cash, uh, you make a lot of, um, like investments up front, uh, that'll pay off later, but like, it's going to make your numbers like all over the place. So, um, for that reason, we don't want to look at a brand new nonprofit because that's probably not the best indicator. Um, we also want to make sure that they have at least a million dollars in annual revenue. And this is, um, to, again, a way that we are trying to compare apples to apples and not apples and oranges. Like it wouldn't be fair to evaluate, you know, little booster club, sponsorship nonprofit with the Red Cross because it's like completely different, you know? Um, and so like, we want to make sure that like, if we're evaluating like large international charities, like all together, they're not being held to the same standard as like, or the small charities and being held to the same standard as this like very large nonprofit. Um, we also want to see that charities get the bulk of their money from like individual contributions and that's just a way for us to make sure that we're using our resources to evaluate charities that donors care about and are supporting. Lots of charities receive um, a majority of their funds from government grants because they're running government programs or um, like uh, have some type of like program service revenue. So like a YMCA that sells gym memberships might be an example of that. And so they might get the majority of their funds through something like that um, and not rely as heavily on donor donations. And so then we don't want to um, then we're less likely to kind of prioritize them for evaluation. Um, so I've asked you a lot of questions. Is there anything I haven't asked that you think people should know about Charity Navigator and what you do? Um, I think one thing that we're excited about here is that, um, and it's, I didn't talk about it because it's not something that we're rate, like goes into our rating at this time. Um, but over the last two years, we've created a, like a partnership with, um, Global Giving, Impact Matters, Classy, and GuideStar to um, provide impact reports on charities' profiles, which uh, it's all based on information they've reported to one of those sources. And it talks a little bit more about what they're doing with their, their funds and what they're collecting and um, what they're reporting out as like an outcome of the programs. And so um, we've done a little bit of digging on this in the past, um, we report some of like how charity spends its money or what it says are its main programs. But this is like self-reported data from the charity saying like, you know, we said we we're going to help like 50 people go to summer camp. Um, and we helped, you know, 55 or like we helped 50 people or we said we'd help 50 people. We helped 45, but we realized this other thing along the way. Um, and it's been cool cause it's just hopefully like adding another, kind of dimension or lens for charities to under or donors to understand what a charity is doing with their, their gift or their contribution. Which is super important. Um, well, Ashley, thank you so much for all the information and for all the good that Charity Navigator is doing. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been really great talking with you and um, yeah, we're always excited to get a chance to tell other people about what we do. As you can tell, Charity Navigator is a fantastic tool, especially if you are someone who likes to support charities financially. Check out their website, charitynavigator.org, to find ratings and more specifics about how charities are rated. 
Also, donate a few bucks if you can. They're a nonprofit as well, and you can give to help them help us help charities. Also, check out at CharityNav on Twitter and Instagram and at SeizeTheGoodPodcast on Instagram. Have a great week, everyone. 